This is episode number 251. Is being appreciated a fundamental human need? With Scott Mason and Edward Bodenheimer. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our weekly conversation called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. What this is, is a series of conversations where we explore the connection between gratitude and resilience, gratitude and grief, gratitude and appreciation, and many other topics. If this is of interest to you, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today, where you'll be able to find the latest details regarding our upcoming conversation. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our work. And that is, if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting us in one of two ways. First, either leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google. Second, making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today. Now, let's get back to the show. The guests of the hour. You know, one thing that I'll say that I appreciate, and I don't know if the two of you are ever able to see this on your end, but as someone who hosts these conversations, I could see uh, the guests kind of in the lobby. And it's always fascinating to me to see how they're going to react to like the intro music. Like some people just full on like going to dance moves. <laughs> I, just, I love seeing that because I don't know, there's just, there's like a deeper level of appreciation. I think I develop for individuals like that, like not to reveal everything completely, but like, Scott, you'll do that sometimes too, you know, jam out to the songs. <laughs> so Gotta I, be. I, it's so it's, it's awesome to see that, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm grateful that we're able to share the space. I'm grateful to have the two of you on here again. As I told you before, this is a, a relatively easy question for us to answer as always, <laughs> but I couldn't have thought of better people than to have this conversation with than the two of you. So just appreciate you for being a part of this space. Appreciate you thinking of me for this one. So yeah, love being here. No, thank you. I figured that the best way that maybe we can even approach this conversation is with our personal aspects of it. And that is, do you feel appreciated in your own life? And if so, how do you know? And then maybe the follow-up question on top of that is, how do you know when you're not? What's, how do you recognize the difference? I know for me, I had something happen the other day where I really felt appreciated in my professional life. And uh, I was at the store checking out and I was in uniform. And this little kid came up to me and I could kind of see him out of the, the corner of my eye. And I was checking out at the register and, and then I kind of turned and he was with his grandmother. And this kid was probably like four or five years old. And he just said, uh, you know, thank you for your service. And 
to me, that was the coolest thing because this kid went out of his way and his grandmother was, you know, standing there holding his, I'm assuming it was his grandmother holding his hand mm -hmm. and everything. But um, that sense of appreciation that um, that little kid gave me, it, like it motivated me. It inspired me, uh, you know, it put a smile on my face and I was like, wow, you know, I'm doing something bigger than, than just me. Uh, so it felt really cool to hear that. And, you know, in, I wasn't seeking it or anything like that. I was getting a Coke Zero at a store. <laughs> but um, just to, you know, just to hear that was a uh, was really cool experience for me. And uh, yeah, it was just something that makes makes you feel good, lets you feel valued uh, for the contributions that you make. Do you think at the core of it, just looking back at your own experiences, I'm sure countless of other experiences that you've had in your life, is that the thing that really makes you feel like you matter? in this world? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's a, like a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning. I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with anything we do, any, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, uh, you want to feel like you're somewhat wanted. And, mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like, yeah, that sense of appreciation lets you know that someone, you know, sincerely, I hate to use the term appreciates, but, um, values you. Mm -hmm. values you and, and the contributions that you you bring to them or to your work or, or whatever mm -hmm. i was just sharing this with scott prior to our conversation on a, on a separate call but i was sharing with him my insights from a book that i just finished called the richest man in babylon mm. and there's one sentence along with many others that really stood out to me but one in particular it was um it was specifically towards uh, women, but I think it applies to all humans, in my opinion. And he was saying that all women um, want to be desired. And so I applied it to all humans want to be desired. And that and I wonder if that's the case for all of us. And because I've been on both sides of it, I, I've been in situations or a part of conversations where the per people would say, No, I don't feel the need to be appreciated or to be valued. But I wondered to what degree is there actual truth behind that? Because if anything that I've learned, it's that the desire to seek human connection, like I really have to go out of my way to not want to be connected to others than I do of wanting to be connected to others. And so I wonder to what degree is it actually even possible to not want to feel valued, to not want to feel appreciated and maybe there are varying levels within that, you know, your level of appreciation might be different from mine, but I wonder to what degree is this truly a fundamental human need across the board for everyone? Scott, do you have any thoughts? A lot. <laughs> I, I think initially, <laughs> I think initially of Greek mythology, mm -hmm. there was a curse that was put upon a woman named Cassandra. And the curse that Cassandra had was that she would be given the gift of prophecy, but that no one would believe her. Why was that a curse? Because she was given an extraordinary talent, but never appreciated. And so it was viewed as a very severe punishment for whatever it was that Cassandra did that offended the gods. The power of that myth the fact that the story of Cassandra mm -hmm. was so strong and resonated so much. Cassandra is still a popular name to this day. 
And there are things called in psychology, the Cassandra complex and things like that, says that there is a fundamental, if not universal truth to the human need to be appreciated. Now, is every human being in the world given a need to appreciate? For instance, there are people like psychopaths that do not have many of the emotional needs that are associated with those that are a little bit more neurotypical. I can't say, and I nor do I have the expertise to say whether those human beings need to be appreciated. I do think that it is an extraordinarily common need. And I have never in my life encountered someone that is of any sort of normal, or at least within the spectrum of normal psychological makeup that does not have some sort of need for appreciation. I'll also answer that in the inverse. Mm -hmm. I have never known anyone who loves being unappreciated, who sits and says, will you please make me feel as though I have no value? I've never heard that. <laughs> Even I imagine psychopaths or people with other mental impairments, they may not care whether they're appreciated, but they do not actively seek out a lack of validation and appreciation. And so finally, the other thought I have is that it is common and universal enough that from a management and leadership perspective, and I'm sure Bodhi could speak to this with a higher level of expertise than me, the expression of appreciation is a managerial fundamental. There is someone I know who leads a unit of probably about 65 people. And I told her when I was leading a large organizational division that I just really felt it was important to appreciate my staff and to make sure they knew it. She said, oh, I don't believe in that. I don't express appreciation. I'm there to tell them when they do something wrong. And I remember thinking to myself, honey, I ain't working for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Kenny, I do appreciate you. By the way, <laughs> just as one more aside, and Jessica, hello. Because I am all about electronic music and dancing and all the fun stuff, I will say one of my favorite, there's a whole genre called the angry dance music. It's usually sung by a, a female who's pissed about the way her man has treated her, so she's throwing him out the door. We've all heard songs like that. We've all secretly enjoyed it because we know she's been dogged. <laughs> and one of my favorites from the 2000s, yes, I'm old enough to know songs from the 2000s. I'm not only 15. That's I not old. That way. Oh. <laughs> You're saying that. Was the song, it was one of those anthems, Appreciate Me. And the chorus was simply, You Don't Appreciate Me. And let me tell you, that song burned up the charts. <laughs> that speaks about universal needs. Do you think one of the reasons why maybe you were able to appreciate elements of it is because you saw yourself in it? I worked for a large organization mm -hmm. for years. And during that time, in my career, I've never been accused of having a poor work ethic. <laughs> been accused of many other things, just not that. <laughs> Except one time. I worked 21 days in a row going into that office all day and into the night, including on the weekends, including Easter. And on that Easter, I walked into the office building that day and signed in. And I saw 
that I was the first person to have signed in that morning, 9 a.m. on Easter. And at 11 o'clock that night, when I left, I was the only idiot who would come into the office to work the entire day. Mm-hmm. That was the 20, actually that was maybe, yes, I think that was around the 21st date. My boss came into my office then and said, Scott, I don't think you're putting enough effort into the job. You really need to work a little harder. I was in conversations to talk with, um, to set up a business with, or to join a a business with another company that I was going to be co-principal of. And we had been talking, but I will say this, the minute he said that and walked out of my office, I picked up the phone. I called up my 2B business partner and said, we're signing the papers this weekend. Mm -hmm. I needed to be appreciated. Yes. That anthem, you don't appreciate me. It resonated. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder sometimes, in in Bodhi, you might have an, a perspective on this as well. But when it comes to appreciation, unless you have, unless I have experienced a certain thing or a similar situation, is it even possible to show true appreciation for that moment? You know, for example, like in your case, Scott, when the boss had told you that maybe he, and I'm not defending him by any means, but more so just trying to expand upon that perspective, it's that. How could he have known what it feels like to be appreciated if he never put in the long hours or or if he never even touched the level of work that you were able to do? So I, it's just for me, it's interesting to see uh, how does appreciation really develop and, and what role does personal experience have in me understanding what it means to not only be appreciated by myself, appreciate my own being, but also appreciate other people. And that, that's another thing, and I'm curious, Bodhi, if, if you want to tackle this one in regard to mm-hmm. service as well. One of the things that I've learned over the past – this hasn't even been that long, just past year, maybe two years at best – is choosing to, t- choosing to allocate the time to appreciate myself. Yeah. See, I've been taught by my surroundings and all the different books and everything that I've read to this point and that's to appreciate others before you appreciate yourself and I, and I, I wonder if that's a cultural thing that's been passed down or if that's a universal thing to help someone else before you help yourself and I wonder like in your particular area of service is that a similar mindset yeah I, I definitely think that you know like for me for example I, you got to make sure the people around you are taken care of uh, and they make your life a lot easier, especially if you're in a managerial or a leadership position. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, lessons that I actually teach, we talk about different personality types. And it's always funny because I'll have a group of whether it's 20 or whether it's a group of 100. And one of the tendencies of one of these uh, these leadership voices is that you seek the need for acceptance, for appreciation. Mm-hmm. And I will tell the group, I'm like, you know, what if you work for someone and they don't walk by your office and say, hey, good job. You did really good on that. Like, how would you feel? And some people are like, I I couldn't work for that person. And other people are like, that's petty. I could I could absolutely work. So it's different opinions that they have. But um, for me, I think that um, I've seen so many times where someone, just as Scott said, has worked their butt off. They've put in long hours. I've been that person. And then somebody else gets recognized or appreciated as 
getting a quarterly award or the employee of the month or something. And you feel like, you know, you did so much more and nobody even gave you a pat on the back or just dropped you an email that said, Hey, I know you didn't win, but man, I really value you and I appreciate you. And you do see a lot of people say, well, you know, I've got to go find work elsewhere. And in the military, we can't say that. We just have to say, well, I have to deal with it all again next month. But, yeah. um, but yeah, you know, when it comes to, you know, people out there with, with nine to five jobs, yeah, absolutely. They, they don't feel the sense of appreciation. That's probably coming from leadership, especially that comes from, that probably stems to why people start looking for other jobs as opposed to when they have that self-worth and that mm-hmm. they feel like they're valued. Yeah. You'll, you'll do anything for somebody. Um, I like this quote. I have a quote from an unknown uh, author, but it says, a person who feels appreciated will always do more than what is expected. And I really believe that. Sure. I really do. Yeah. To what degree, before we proceed, I just want to appreciate Melody for joining us, no pun intended. But the the other the thing that really popped to my mind as you were sharing that, Bodhi, is this concept of a shared responsibility when it comes to appreciation. <laughs> To what degree do you believe there is a responsibility on the person that is doing the work, such as the example that Scott had provided, mm-hmm. as well as the example of the one that is, quote unquote, meant to show appreciation for it? Is uh, like are are both parties equally responsible in that situation? For example, in in your situation, Scott, when you were working all those extra hours, was the responsibility also on you? to communicate the need to be appreciated or is that just an underlying assumption that I don't know, you hope it it gets brought up over time. Let's face it in work situations, Mm -hmm. there are power differentials and those power differentials, particularly between an employee and their supervisor put an employee in a very difficult position because if you say to your boss, I need appreciation. Yeah. A, it can make you seem really needy. Mm -hmm. B in many of the more toxic work environments or those that are just not oriented this way, that can make you seem as though you are weak. It also may not be your manager's style. It may be asking for something from them that they're not able to give. And there may be appreciation that is shown. You just, it may not be apparent to you. As a personal example, for instance, my husband, I'm always telling him how much I appreciate him, how thankful I am for him, all that and the other. He's not really that way. However, he makes his appreciation very clear in other ways making sure that I'm well-fed, taking care of me, the way he goes grocery shopping and things just magically appear, the way I'll come home and all of a sudden my studio will have been created so I'm more comfortable and happy. Those sorts of things show themselves. And so the employee also is at the risk if they make that sort of request of attempting to generate appreciation on their terms, which a boss may view as a violation of that boundary between the two of them and react negatively. So I think that that is not a fair imposition to put on to a staff member or someone who's being managed by someone. I think that when it comes to responsibility and accountability outside of ethical lapses, Mm-hmm. It's generally upon the supervisor to be responsible for setting the tone. Now, 
as an employee, I often would express my appreciation to the boss. Sometimes it was because it was sincere. They really did something well, and I felt someone in the world needed to tell them that, or because they did something nice for me, and I just really was grateful. Mm-hmm. But let's be real, people. Sometimes I said it because I knew that would curry favor and get me what I want. I didn't mean a damn word of it. Remember, I had a boss who I thought was horrible, a horrible human being. She was boring. She was she was self-centered. She spoke in a monotone. She gave a speech, and she said, so what did you think of my speech? Please be honest. And I told her, oh, it was incredible, wonderful. I had another boss once who... I asked me what I thought something in the middle of a large meeting. Scott, what do you think of my proposal? And of course, oh, brilliant. Da, 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 da. Then I spoke to people that had worked for her for a long time. And I said, I didn't know what to say when she asked me that. I'd only been in the job for a week and a half. And they said, oh, you said the right thing. When she is asking you what you think, she wants your appreciation. You, She loves people who say yes to her. That's how you get ahead here. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's also that dynamic going on, which a boss is usually not as constrained with um, in relationship to their employee, the employee usually isn't going to fire the boss if they don't say thank you. Yeah. What is a fair assumption to make, though, in that situation? Because I, I think it also ties into Jessica's point, and that's assuming uh, better off to assume less. And the reason why I bring that up is because I think in that particular situation, it's based on an assumption that the employer knows what it would be like to feel appreciated in an employee perspective but as the three of us as i'm sure many others who are joining this conversation right now know not everyone is at the same point of awareness so some leaders do not have that awareness so what do you even assume if anything in a situation like that Uh, before we answer that i just have to say something i've been burning to say this kenny you need to be singing an angry <laughs> diva dance song. <laughs> Everything in here, it would go to number one. I'd find DJs to promote it for you. I just wanted to say that. Anyway. <laughs> Bodhi, what are your thoughts on that? What's fair to assume in a situation like that? I'm, I'm kind of like Scott. I've seen myself in situations like that before where I felt like, you know, in terms of whether well, it's, you know, job security status within a work center. Uh, you almost say what people want, even if, you know, Hey, I appreciate that. I, I definitely, I value that even if it's, you know, not necessarily something you agree with, but I, I do think um, one thing was with leaders. I feel like a lot of times, uh, especially if they don't have like a good, not good rapport, but like a good relationship with people. I think that sometimes they can see, uh, telling someone that they appreciate them or just saying like, Hey, it, it's almost viewed as like, I need you. Um, I'm vulnerable. It shows vulnerability in a way. And I think a lot of times leaders don't want to show that to somebody. So I think that's one reason they may struggle with it. I, I really don't know. Um, but I, I definitely think uh, getting that from someone, especially like a, a boss, like Scott said, someone who, uh, you know, doesn't, who, who kind of, you know, expects that from people. I think on the flip side, getting appreciation from that person sometimes means more than someone constantly walking by your office every single day saying, Hey, I appreciate yeah. you. Oleg. Thank you. Oleg. Great job. Oleg. Uh, Cause I think it can get watered down if you hear it too much, but um, yeah, it's, I just think it's good to always hear it from someone, but. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting that go ahead, Scott. I will say the different types of appreciation too. 
there can be a lot of interpretation involved and intent mm -hmm. and how words are meant when they're uttered as opposed to the actual words being said can all play into this. I had another boss once who told her staff, including me and my own staff, I can't pay you in dollars, but what I can pay you in is love. And I promise I will always love you. And so I had a young employee who believed that line. I didn't, but she believed it. And one time this boss of mine asked to work with this young employee and they, it didn't work out. And the, the, my boss wasn't happy with my employee's work. And she made that clear in a way that made my employee cry. And my employee said to her, I thought you said you would pay us in love. And my boss said, but sometimes love hurts. And so what was really happening there? <laughs> was the were the words that were being said about my staff's employee or performance really examples of non-appreciation or um, disappointment or disgust or su suggestions for improvement or was it truly a type of love that made my employee cry yeah that's a good question. I guess what it makes me think of is that I think there are, I think there are different types of love, just like there are different types of communication or different type of people. I, I think if anything, what I what it makes me think of is the form of communication that's chosen in that particular situation, where one person may feel that they are, they have the courage and the trust develop between the two to express whatever it is that they're saying, but some people may not. And the other thing that it makes me think of is how often do people even know what they, what it is that they're truly communicating? Like I've experienced this many mm -hmm. times and continue to do so because if I don't have a level of trust with you or the same level of trust that I have with someone else, am I really communicating what I'm trying to say to the point or am I masking some things for my own protection, mm -hmm. not wanting to be rejected or what are you going to think of me afterwards? So I, I think if anything, there's so much to unpack within that, but then at the same time, it, that goes to your own individual awareness. How aware of, are you of the situation as well as what you are saying and that's where I was asking the question, is it what's fair to assume in that particular situation? What's fair to assume anywhere when it comes to it? You know, the other thing that was brought up to my mind as the two of you were sharing your stories, and this might be more of a, a history lesson than anything else, but do either of you know how and why certain roles within society became more appreciated than others? For example, military. I don't even have to know where you serve or what you have done, but yet just because of seeing the individual in uniform, there is that automatic thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how you feel about it, Bodhi, or anyone else, but for me, that sometimes can fall into the same space that you were talking about, and that's if you say it often enough, it loses its meaning after a while. Mm 
Like if I don't really know what I'm truly appreciating you for, where does it come from? And I'm wondering how did that evolve? How did certain roles become more appreciated than others? For example, person working at a gas station. I can't tell you the last time I told them that I appreciate their job or their role or their service that they're able to provide to me. Yeah. I have some thoughts about that, but Bodhi, I want to hear what you have to say. If you have something to say, I don't want to take over the conversation. Yeah. With that one, I think it's just, uh, I don't know. Society shaped it that way somehow. And I think in, in a way we're all conditioned to appreciate certain, I mean, you, you're appreciative of a, of a doctor of military members, um, but you're right. The, the, even, even like military members here, like coming through the gate, uh, yeah. you know, and they check your IDs and stuff. Um, I always thank them for, for standing out there doing what they do, but guarantee you, not everybody does. People come through and mm-hmm. they're in a rush to get through. Um, but the person working at the gas station person, you know, getting my food ready for me. I mean, those are pretty important jobs too. Um, but I, I don't know where I can't pinpoint where exactly that sense of appreciation start of, started at. Um, I do think with the military thing, I know like when people come up and, and thank me for my service, um, it's not one of those things that I'm like, oh gosh, another person coming up, yeah. um, thanking me for my service, come on. Um, I, I definitely enjoy that. It, it, like I said, it gives you that sense of self-worth, but there may be someone who wears a uniform and I've heard my students say it before where they're like, I hate it when people you know, come up and, and thank me. They just don't get that same sense from um, people coming up, telling them that, but um, yeah, I can't really pinpoint it. What's, Scott, the, what, what's the difference then? What's the difference between you and some of those individuals? What do you see in that uniform that other people aren't able to see? I know I take pride in it. I take pride in putting it on every single day. I think it's an honor to wear it. And I, put in the hours and I know my also like the lineage like my my family my grandfather my dad they've all worn a uniform as well so for me I do take a great deal of pride and I like it when people you know can recognize that and come up and say you know hey thank you for the 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 hours that you've put in that nobody sees the deployments the TDYs all this stuff Uh, so for me I I see that some people honestly I mean I'm not speaking for all members but this is in any profession they look at it like it's just a job it's just a, you know, it's just, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, but I think for me, it goes a little bit deeper. I think it's what intrinsically motivates each person um, to do what they do that kind of goes in with uh, their sense of appreciation. Mm-hmm. Not to keep uh, tying it all back to the book of The Richest Man in Babylon, but there's another section in that that I think speaks directly to what you just shared, Bodhi, and that's the concept of, I think he was talking about person's job and i know scott you read this book so you might be able to help me with this but he was talking about the person's job and he was saying how wouldn't it be better to go to a job as if that job was your best friend or like Mm -hmm. someone that you could treat as a friend and i think it's the same exact thing that you had mentioned what's the choice that one chooses to make in going to that particular role and how do they identify with it how does it really align with what they're trying to do or who they are or who they're trying to become. Scott? Answering the original question about the origin of it, 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not an area of singular expertise that I have. However, my suspicion is that there are two factors that at least potentially are in play as to how certain things and why certain things became valuable or not. One is economic. To what extent is there a or economic or scarcity versus abundance? To what extent is that a talent or ability or a job that is that a scarce number of people in society are able to fill, but nevertheless has high value, I would think that that would lead to a greater amount of social appreciation. Whereas if it is something that is of where it basically anyone can do it. And so therefore the people doing that task are highly fungible, then there probably would be less appreciation for it. But I do not posit that as the definitive theory. That's what immediately comes to mind. The others is that appreciation is a direct reflection of the ebb and flow of social values. And so high appreciation goes to those that are reflecting the society's highest values in that moment, whereas low appreciation reflects what society views as being unimportant or not mattering, irrespective of whether those value systems are warped or or are, quote, unquote, right or wrong. It's simply a reflection of that. And the pandemic, by the way, illustrates that if that is a theory that one accepts. Suddenly, Ellen DeGeneres' ability to be entertaining on TV was less valuable than having someone in a grocery store who could give you food. And so Mm. all of a sudden there was an appreciation for essential workers and a lot of celebrities found themselves being under hostile attack on social media and in the public sphere. So those are two things that immediately come to mind. I'm sure there are many more theories about that. Bodhi, I'm going to say some things here that you may or may not disagree with. And Caleb is in the house, and I want to make sure that you all understand where I'm coming from before I say what I'm about to say. Because this is something I feel very strongly about with regards to the military in particular, but also some other paramilitary or uniformed forces or other types of jobs. It goes as to being appreciated as a fundamental human need in so far as we are seeking to understand what is meant by appreciation itself. I believe that the military is a situation where there is, that clearly differentiates between at least two levels of appreciation. There is surface easy level appreciation. I see a man in uniform. I give you a discount that won't really affect my margins. You go to (laughs) the front of the line because you're wearing a uniform. And I'm a politician or a public figure who decides I want to gain public credibility points for myself by appreciating the military. That's to me, lip service, shallow appreciation. And it is a cultural discourse that is forced on us by who knows Mm -hmm. who, Mm -hmm. but in my opinion, doesn't mean anything. Because I'll tell you this, VA is underfunded. Because I'll tell you this, during Afghanistan, the news reports were full of people having in Afghanistan, and probably in Iraq too, having to create out of junk metal pieces to surround Humvees and other 
vehicles being driven so they can protect themselves against IADs, as opposed to us showing true appreciation for their lives by making sure they had the money to protect themselves so they wouldn't die. And a whole host of other things, mental health services not being given. The homeless population in this country is full of veterans. Are they appreciated? If they were truly appreciated, would we not be making sure that they not only got publicly funded, but there would be armies, armies of mental health professionals storming down the gates to give them deluxe treatment, to give them deluxe treatment, the best that the world could offer. If we really appreciated, we'd be putting our money and our efforts where our mouths are. To me, that's deep appreciation. We wouldn't be, by the way, if we, and I am about to get a little bit political here, but I feel strongly about <laughs> we wouldn't be insulting mm -hmm. gold star families and then celebrating those who insulted them. If we really appreciated the sacrifice that our service members have, this is something I feel passionately about. Generally, lip service bullshit. The military to me highlights it. And again, Bodie, if you think, and Caleb, if any of you think I'm being a jerk, by all means, call me out. I don't know everything and I'm happy to learn. But I think that everyone has a need not to just be superficially appreciated. If the boss just says, oh, you did a good job today, but they don't mean it. Or if they yeah. say you did a good job today, then they give you a demotion or kick your butt out to the curb. That's not deep appreciation. That's not real appreciation. We have in our culture a strong lack of real appreciation for those who sacrifice. Teachers are another example of that. Yeah. We mm -hmm. claim we value education. We claim we want people to be the best and the brightest, but we pay our teachers crap. That's not appreciation. Well, I'm, I got to follow that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like you even set me up. You're like, buddy, I'm going to let you go right after this. Um, so That's appreciation. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, but no, so the military one, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll leave that one alone, but I'll touch the teacher one. Um, but the definitely, I think you, you mentioned the surface level of appreciation and then the deeper level. I think the surface level is more easily accessible to people. Like you said, it's more of a, oh, I made them feel good. But, you know, like you said, you go to a restaurant or something, you're like, hey, I'm a teacher. Um, oh, really appreciate you doing that. OK, do you have a discount? Is my meal comped? Anything like that? Oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we don't do that. But we appreciate you. I think that surface level is easily uh, readily available to give to people, I think, more times than not. Um, but that deeper level, I, I think that's uh, you. I mean, everything you said, especially about like military, mental health, VA, teachers, especially teachers, I think, are so undervalued. Uh, and I really didn't see it until I started teaching. And then yeah. I was like, wow, they they I mean, they shape your children. They they get, teach your children how to to go out and, and be grownups, be young adults. And uh, I think they are so um, like Caleb said there. Yeah. Grocery store baggers, stocks, stockers, nurses. I mean, so many people, anyone in a medical career field, you just walk by someone in a hospital. and It's just, you know, you're passing somebody. But to stop and thank them for what they do, they save lives every day. Um, I went to my doctor and I was wearing some badass glasses, if I might say so myself. <laughs> and he said, where did you get those? And I told him it was a store in the neighborhood. And he was my primary care physician. He sighed and he goes, I walk by there all the time. I can't afford those glasses. I dream of the day that I will. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, a plastic surgeon, and I'm not talking about those that do reconstructive surgery for people that are injured 
and burned when IADs or landmines blow up in our service. But those who want to make sure that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills don't have wrinkles on their face live in palaces. That ain't appreciation or it's showing our true values. Well, I think if anything, at least what I'm taking away from what the two of you are sharing is that it sounds like there are levels of what I would call situational appreciation. And that's depending on what the circumstances that a country or the world might be experiencing. Those are the roles that become more evident as far as their need and the service they actually provide. I like what you said, Scott, about looking at all of the individuals over the course of the pandemic, as well as some of the other events that we've experienced leading up to today and seeing how that level of appreciation shifts, how Mm -hmm. people who work at grocery stores became a lot more valuable, even though that's a service they've been providing since the grocery stores were in existence. Now, you also got to take into account, does everyone provide the same level of value? Does everyone greet you and, and really care about what you have to say and what you do? No, but that, that doesn't only apply to grocery stores. That's across the board. You know, So I, I, I think there is an um, interesting thing to take away from it, and that's situational appreciation. And I guess the question is, how do you shift that? How do you go to the more permanent appreciation of people? For me, how I choose to do that is that starts with, with self. I choose to recognize who it is that I'm appreciative of, and that's people that cross, come across my path. Can I expect that of everyone? Absolutely not. And the reason why is because I think every single one is at a different chapter of their lives. Mm-hmm. I wasn't always appreciative. I'll tell you numerous times when I walked into the grocery store and I didn't even look the bagger in the eyes because I was so in the rush. I was trying to get to the next thing or whatever the event was. Now the story has shifted. Now I'll actually strike a conversation and I'll go beyond how's the weather and how are you. I'll actually ask them about their day and what about their day was some, you know, stood out to them or they're appreciative of. So can I, and I'm saying that not necessarily to blame myself for the different things that I was doing back then, but all I'm saying is that I think chapters vary and the chapter that we might be in right now may not be a permanent chapter. The next chapter might be become more appreciative of the teachers or might go back to the way that it was. So it's interesting that you bring that up in in this whole concept like situational appreciation and and what that really looks like in the world. I think the beauty of hindsight, I think that looking back on things, I think that kind of shapes in a way what we appreciate. Uh, I know for me growing up, I didn't appreciate my mom until I got older. And I was like, I'm the same way. I, my parents, I was, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Kenneth, I saw I put in here, you know, about appreciating parents and stuff. And that kind of sparked it with me. I was like, look, when I was a kid, I, I was like, man, my mom is tough on me. She is rough. She, she needs to, you know, leave me alone. Let me be a 13 year old. I know how life works. And, yeah. uh, but now I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so appreciative of what she did for me. But even like jobs, we'll have jobs sometimes and, or a supervisor or 
friendships or relationships and you don't appreciate them until you're at that next chapter and you look yeah. back and you're like, wow, okay, I that was a really good position I had. That was a really good relationship I was in. That was a really good friendship I had. Uh, so I believe hindsight, you know, is is 2020. I think looking back and just like Scott said, the pandemic, I appreciate walking in a store without a mask now that I've been fully vaccinated. Um, but I mean, even that, even going to a, sit down at a restaurant, there was a point there where, you know, you look back, you're like, oh, I took for granted yeah. sitting down at a Cracker Barrel. Uh, but now I can actually do it. And so I don't know what you got till you don't have it anymore. And I think that's something that really helps us appreciate things a little bit more. This might be a loaded question for the two of you as well as everyone else that's tuning in right now. But what do you think creates that hindsight? What do you think creates that ability to shift one's perspective? The trauma of something that you took for granted being taken away. Yep. Jessica talks about a situation where you know the you are buying from someone who may not be appreciated in mm -hmm. where they are working like that cashier or that bagger at a grocery store where the boss is a jerk. Do you, do you work, you continue to buy there or not? And that actually is a thorny question that somewhat relates to what you're talking about, because if you were to not purchase it, there is the fact that by going there, you're contributing in a way to the exploitation of that worker. If you feel they're exploited, you are contributing to a, an actor in the economic sphere that is treating its employees abusively. So you're contributing to a terrible work environment mm -hmm. by finance. But if you, but if you don't purchase from there, the entire and if that word to become a meme that were to um, pass along within your community, then the store could collapse and go under, and there would be all sorts of innocent collateral damage there. That's a legitimate question, and it goes as to I believe what you're talking about. How do we effectuate and act on these things? What are they looking like? And uh, how how far do we take the transactional nature of it? And then what happens when they are gone? What suddenly makes that shift? If we, if, if on the one hand, we were to stop shopping at that sort of store, we would suddenly lose the access to it. The mm -hmm. worker would lose access to it. But the sad reality is that the people that were abusing that worker while they, on the one hand, would lose their business, they may never know why. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but those are better; those people are better positioned to survive economically than those who would suddenly lose their job or those of us who were to lose access to their services. Yeah. Well, it, I think it also brings up the point of showing appreciation for not only the value that the thing provides, but also how that thing was made to deliver that value. And it makes me think of, for example, Amazon packages. I don't know if the two of you or anyone else experiences, but I certainly have. You know, sometimes when the package gets delivered late, and this is not true with Amazon. This is with any any carrier service. But sometimes it would get de delivered late. And then afterwards, at least what I used to do is I would say, man, I can't believe this is 24 hours late or 48 hours late. 
But the reality of the matter is really think about the journey that that package had to go on just to get to you, considering that it was shipped from New Zealand. It had to go through so many different people, and then whoever delivers it most often gets the blame. When the reality of the matter was that person just had to literally deliver it from the carrier in that city to your door. That wasn't the person that picked up your package in New Zealand and then went by boat and by plane and then by car to get to you. So I just I think it brings up another good point, and that's to what degree do we do I recognize the value of the entire experience, not solely like what it costs or how it can help me. You know, looking at an apple, I mean, there's so much more than the value of it being costing, I don't know, a dollar and 29 cents and being able to solve my hunger. But it's also like, who else is it helping down the road? And who else can I show appreciation for? Can I find that farmer and show appreciation to them because it ha- has helped me in X, Y, and Z way? So I, I think it's a really good point, Scott that, and Bodhi, that both of you that bring up as far as where does it stop? And, and if it doesn't, then how can you, as an individual, continue to elevate that and continue to show that appreciation be, beyond situational circumstances? When I think, we get out of COVID, like how do we continue to show appreciation for those that we truly saw were valuable members of the society? I think Caleb brought up a good word, awareness. And yeah. I think that's that's big because... Uh, I mean, even I, I used to work in a restaurant and if the food was not served proper, cooked properly, uh, I wasn't the one that cooked it. I was the one that walked it to your table. But guess who caught the wrath of that customer? Yeah. I did. And but just like your Amazon package that you were talking about, they don't know that the people working in, you know, East Rutherford, New Jersey at a, at a, at a warehouse may have been sick that day or someone may, something may have happened that caused that package to uh, be postponed to a later date. But who's the person who catches hell for it? The guy ringing your doorbell that you happen yeah. to open the door and, and see, and you let them get an earful for it. And then they go underappreciated. And then think about what that does for that person. I'll tell you when, when I was waiting tables and someone chewed me out because their steak wasn't cooked properly, I left that table and I'm like, why am I doing this? Why they, they just curse me out over mm-hmm. a steak. Why am I, why am I even doing this job anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's really important to sit back and cause I'm sure if I went up to him, I was like, let me, let me draw this out for you. We have a cook back there. The cook <laughs> gives it to the line coordinator who double checks it. You know, they would probably be like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize all that. But um I think it's just slowing down that sense of awareness and sense of realizing like, okay, I know I'm fired up, but it's not their fault. Don't shoot the messenger. Mm -hmm. Do either of you believe it is possible to show appreciation without having experienced the thing yourself? Of course. And I mean like true Mm -hmm. appreciation. Mm -hmm. To the credit of that boss that I mentioned earlier, he understood he did not have a law degree. I did. 
I was an attorney among other functions for that organization. And he did appreciate the fact, and I felt it was sincere, that law was something that is very difficult to learn. It's very difficult to practice. It was high pressure and he could not do it. And he had made a choice, or maybe he could have done it, but he made a choice not to do it. And at that point in his life, couldn't do it. And he was genuinely appreciative of the work that I did, although he did not, you know, he did not express it in that moment. In that particular area, he was genuinely grateful. And so I think that that is an example of how that can occur. People who do things where there is, where it's obviously difficult and your own safety or needs are not met if that isn't done well are situations where you don't have to have experienced it. Like if you need life-saving um, surgery, you don't need to actually have been a surgeon to express appreciation for the fact that those people saved your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do either of you find it difficult to receive appreciation? No. <laughs> Ever? No. I like it too. I'm not gonna lie. I like appreciate. <laughs> you, we're, 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 we're like next question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people watching or, or listening again. Maybe you Oleg, have felt that way. No, but please give it I, to I, me. I felt that way, and and I wonder if there's a, a difference between appreciation and compliments, and and if if there is a, I don't know what it is to be honest. And if the two of you have different perspectives, feel free to share them. But what I thought of throughout my own journey is that for pretty significant amount of time, I had a difficulty in receiving compliments, which I think is a form of appreciation. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because I felt that some of the things I was receiving compliments for to me, they were just like any other day. This is the same action that I did yesterday or the day before. So I wasn't seeing the value. I wasn't seeing the value I was providing to the other people by doing that action. It's just one of those things. If you, if you think about it, if you wake up every morning and you make your bed and you do that every single day for years upon years mm -hmm. upon years, then it just becomes something that it no longer has the same appreciation because yeah. it's the same thing. So I, I've definitely struggled with that. I I've 100% found it difficult to do so. Go ahead, Scott. I was raised in an atmosphere where it was considered gauche to accept a compliment readily. So I had a learned behavior that I exhibited throughout much of my career and young, younger life of just, if someone gave me a compliment, oh, <laughs> no, it's, it's you. <laughs> but that was all performative. I didn't feel it inside. I had no problem taking it. So I think that sometimes, what do you mean by, is it hard to take it? Is it hard for me to take it? Because I felt that if I did not come across as totally humble and, mm -hmm. or self-effacing or denying of my own abilities, then I was, uh, then I would get in trouble. Then that, yes, I had a hard time with that, but it wasn't due to my internal processing of the compliment. It was more just, yeah, if I accept a compliment, I'll get in trouble. So I won't. I know for me, like if, if you've heard it before, someone's like, Oh, I'm just doing my, that's just my job. I'm just doing yeah. my job when they receive a compliment, but that person may not know what goes into doing your job. Uh, so I had to learn to just, Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for, for thinking about me. But I think in, we've been conditioned since birth to um, seek appreciation. I mean, birthdays, 
you go through school and, and you get recognized sports, uh, you know, all the way up until job, you want a promotion, you want to people buy a house, they want to throw it out there on social media and, and, and get that. Hey, congratulations. Good job. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's kind of been conditioned in us since we've been kids to to seek some sort, not to seek, but just to um, accept that appreciation from people. Mm-hmm. And I think birthdays are actually a great example. Something that I personally experience, and I don't know if the two of you have experienced this, but I wonder at, at what point or what age in your life did it become not as significant to acknowledge or celebrate your birthday. Like I know for me, <laughs> I'm I'm already there. Now that I think about it, I've been there for a couple of years. I look at it as any other day and it's really no longer the same way. Like I was looking at pictures recently of myself when I was, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years old. And there are a couple of pictures that I was able to come across where I was blowing out the candles. And I literally thought to myself, how long has it been since I really done that? Like a full-blown cake. Who cares how many candles there are on it? 20, 50, make it 70, whatever the age is. But it's just interesting. Even with the candles, really think about that. At a specific age, it went from having 28 candles on a cake to one. Why? Scott and I are like 25 and 27, um, <laughs> respectively. I got but, a year and two yeah. years at both of you. <laughs> I know now. I, I used to get all nervous for my birthday and be like, oh my gosh, I'm turning. I got another birthday coming up. Now it's like, yeah, uh, yeah I got yeah, I got another birthday. Um, there's probably going to be a point in my life where I get to it where I start appreciating those birthdays a little bit more. Um, right now, I appreciate the year before uh, a lot more than I do the, the year coming up, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what Scott's got to say about this one. He was ready to go, right, when you mentioned that. But why do so, we have not, – not to interrupt you, Scott, but just why is it that we only put one candle? Is it the embarrassment of our age? <laughs> Answer that when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the restaurant answers that one for me because they only send me – the one, the one slice with the one candle, but I, I never fully understood that. Like, is is it because there becomes a point where stating one's age is truly something that is ashamed or an embarrassment of in the society? Well, once I was old enough that I had to wear diapers, just like when I was one. <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> That's the answer to that. That's that's fascinating, though, to to look at that concept and just understand the level of appreciation or the lack of that goes into some of these events that we all experience literally once a year. You know, all of us were born, at least all the ones that are part of this conversation and, and so many others. It's And so it's interesting to just acknowledge that and observe that how much of an impact appreciation or lack of really has especially yeah, when it comes to that day. Like I remember when I was younger, I was the same way, Bodhi, as you were. Like I was stressed out about what type of cake. I was stressed out about who's coming to the party. Yeah, Did I who's invite be the there? right people? Did, <laughs> should I have no invited less? <laughs> should I have invited more? <laughs> but now it's become something that's just, well, it's any other Tuesday. 
Yeah. It's expected. But really, that day has so much significance if you really think about it. Like, that's the day you were born. Yeah. You're literally able to experience life after that day. It, my, my mom will call me on my birthday and she appreciates me. She does. She will call me and she will say, it is 1053. I know exactly what I was doing. X amount of, I'm not going to tell you, but X amount of years ago, I can tell you, I, you were, I saw your beautiful face for the first, like I hear she really appreciates my birthday each and every year. I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm getting more gray in my facial hair and um, not up here, but in here. And, um, <laughs> but I, th- I think there could also be times where uh, that could shift because there may, yeah, I just had a birthday and I, I totally took it for granted. I was like, oh, I had another birthday, but I could go through a life changing experience and next year's birthday, I could be like, oh, I'm so thankful I'm here and it really changed my perspective on it. So um, I just think it's, you know, what what our future holds for us could could dictate, you know, that could bring that sense of appreciation back to where I, you know, used to be going to Discovery Zone and having a birthday and was all excited. And I don't know where it faded, but um, yeah, I think I just I expect it now more than appreciate it. Do you set an intention on your birthday for that following year? No, <laughs> no, just getting there. And it's okay if you don't. I was just curious because I, I've I've heard that many times, and I've also heard people doing that with different holidays, like New Year's, for example. Yeah. And there's a there's a concept that I'll share with all of you that really shifted my own perspective and awareness around this. <laughs> His name is Shay Brown, and him and I were having a conversation on our podcast how, months ago, and one of the concepts that he's very big on is that today can be your January 1st, regardless of what the day is. And I remember just sitting there and really having that information, like absorbing it and understanding the the concept and the the concept and the principle behind it. As in today, June 4th, 2021 can be my January 1st moment. And I just thought it was so profound because instead of having to wait until that January 1st and set an intention for my life, you could do it today. So that's, I don't know where I was going with that, but maybe that's one thing to be appreciative of is conversations like that because those are the conversations that really helped me shift my own perspective and and increase my awareness around what's really important in life and what can I do today instead of having to wait for a particular moment, such as a birthday, Christmas, new year's, whatever the holiday that you choose to celebrate that can help you set that intention. So I just thought it was a really powerful way, like how he framed that. He looks at every single day as in today could be your January 1st. I'll get really existential here for a second. (laughs) Just to sort of blow everyone's mind. Yeah, well, hey, we appreciate it. <laughs> thanks. Belated happy birthday, Kenny. And be sure to put in the comments how many candles were on your cake. <clears throat> if you feel comfortable with that, <laughs> we'll appreciate you no matter what. Secondly, there is actually a valid philosophical reason for doing that. That's totally sci-fi. But it is totally possible. And it goes as to the appreciation of every day as if it was your birthday. And that's because, believe it or not, it's at least theoretically possible that every day is your birthday. 
Because true. here's something. We have no proof that we were not created this morning. We have none. We assume that we lived yesterday and that all of our memories are of things that occurred. We have no way of proving that. And so, in a sense, it's entirely possible that this was our birthday and that what we remember today as tomorrow was all itself just a construction. Not only that, but we don't know that when we go to sleep, I and mean, we outside observers can say this, but we really don't truly know it, that we don't die at any given time and are just recreated and reborn with these memories here. We don't know it. So I actually strongly agree with that. That's a possibility that we can't accept because a life without continuity would have many philosophical and day-to-day and -day implications for us. But let's not exclude the possibility. Hmm. That really got I, me thinking. Yeah, I appreciate Scott, but I don't appreciate going after him <laughs> on what he gets on these <laughs> on these rants. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, no, 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 no. His on his preaching moments. Um, no, I, I think that when you oh, like you kind of brought up the intention piece. I think that's a very good way of looking at it. I know if Caleb's on here, he'll probably drop something in the chat about living an intentional life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I even talk about it in, in one of the courses that I teach is, you know, be intentional with your family, with your time, with the people around you. Don't take any of it for granted. We, and we do that a lot. We, we take oh, a yeah. lot of things, especially with, with cell phones uh, in our hands. But, you know, we take for granted the person sitting next to you in the same room, not necessarily being present with them. But I think being intentional with your diet, with your um, interactions with people, Scott and I, it, all of you and myself are too, we're very intentional with getting on here and connecting with each other, even if it's not with a record button going. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a really important way to live and to appreciate, uh, show your appreciation for people and things that you have in your life. Mm -hmm. One parting thought as we conclude this today's conversation do either or both of you feel appreciated for the ability to be alive is Absolutely. that something that you appreciate profoundly why i'll go on this one i guess first uh so i I lost my father at a very young age. My father, the two of y'all uh, know my story. I lost my father when I was 11 years old. So I appreciate uh, being a dad. I appreciate that opportunity to be a dad and have, you know, my girls the ages that they are. Uh, I appreciate being a husband. I appreciate, um, you know, every opportunity that has been put in front of me. And I do a lot of self-reflecting and I'm very appreciative of, being where I'm at at this point in my life, the fact that I'm able to have a podcast and I'm able to hop on here and do podcasts with, mm -hmm. with each of y'all. And um, yeah, it keeps you motivated, keeps you going. And uh, I'm very, very much appreciative of every single day, um, regardless of how I celebrate my birthdays. And it's boring, but uh, regardless of how I do that, I'm, I'm definitely appreciative of every single day to be here. Mm -hmm. Scott? Even in my darkest hours, there are moments of beauty. Mm. Beauty is not something 
to be taken lightly. The ability to appreciate beauty is not something to be taken lightly. So I do appreciate life because of that. The universe, providence, whatever force you feel brought our existence and our awareness of that existence into the world, it didn't have to happen. That's true. And mm-hmm. so if you're given something that didn't have to be given, it's a gift. And for gifts, unless it's a gift of prophecy and no one believes you, mm-hmm. is never to be taken for granted. It can be taken away. Mm. At any given moment. Yeah. Didn't think about it that way. Well, I appreciate the two of you as well as everyone else that chose to join us today. Kenny, Jessica, Caleb, Melody, and everyone else. But for the two of you, what are some ways that people can connect with you, learn more about what you're doing in this world, and possibly find ways to collaborate? And I'll start with you, Scott Mason. Speakerscott.com. Speakerscott.com. If you are looking for someone that can speak with a sort of passion, power, gratitude, as well as gravitas, real feeling. Mm -hmm about themes like resilience and connection to purpose, I'm there for you. And my podcast, PurposeHighway.com, tells the stories of people who have connected to a higher purpose to build a better self and a better world. Mm. Thank you for sharing, Bodhi. Yeah, first, uh, Instagram, at 82Bodhi, B-O-D-H-I. And uh, also, I have my podcast, um, at the underscore shadows podcast on Instagram. As you can see down here also, we've got the uh, podpage.com slash, you see it, the dash shadows dash podcast. Uh, <laughs> also, we're, we're, which side I'm on? Right here behind me as well. I have the logo. So if you see that, that beautiful bird, beautiful majestic bird, uh, that's the the logo of the shadows podcast. We hear real people's stories, um, have them share their, their triumphs, their trials, tribulations, everything they've been through. And uh, also, you know, I also teach classes. I'm certified in giant worldwide five voices, five years where we talk about something we talked about today, living an intentional life as well. So uh, reach out to me if you got any questions. Also, LinkedIn uh, name that I got here, Edward Bodenheimer III. Quick question for you regarding your show. <laughs> what have you learned about yourself from your shadow? Ooh, what have I learned about myself? From I learned that I'm stronger than I gave myself credit for for most of my life. Uh, I learned that I, I didn't really appreciate my self worth as much until uh, you know I really started kind of putting my story out there uh, and hearing people's feedback and also you know having other people share theirs and, and kind of see the same thing in themselves. Mm. I appreciate both of you. I appreciate both of you and everyone else that chose to tune in and. I'll mention it, as I mentioned it earlier, I feel like if this show has had any form of impact in your life, consider supporting us by leaving us a review, contributing to the website, whatever you feel like is a way that you can add value to what we're doing. That is something that I think many of us would appreciate that work as part of this cause and just Scott and Bodhi and Caleb and Jessica and everyone else, I think. Yes, we start these conversations, but at the same time, it, it really is all of you that make it possible. And and I feel like if it wasn't for your contributions or perspectives, we wouldn't be able to experience the level of depth that we do. So I just, I appreciate all of you for 
creating this space and doing what we're doing. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of our latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next time.